This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the Agenda from Blood Red. I'm Dan Austin, this is Joel Rabinowitz. We are from liverpool.com and we're here on the YouTube channel today to talk about the Ballon d'Or, Joel, the winner of which will be announced on Monday. Um, firstly, we'll, we'll get into the uh, the seven Liverpool players um, who've been nominated for the award in a few minutes, but there's been a leak and basically everyone knows that Lionel Messi is going to win the Ballon d'Or. Um, we'll talk about who our preferences would be in terms of Liverpool players in a second, but um, everyone pretty much knows now for certain that Lionel Messi is going to win. The better nods have totally changed. Virgil van Dijk was the favourite. It's hard really to argue, isn't it, that the best player who's ever played football wins is, is sixth Ballon d'Or because he is very good. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think you can argue that much. I think a lot of Liverpool fans will be disappointed. And I think if you go back to kind of the start of a season when Van Dijk was the favourite, you could have put a very credible case forward. I still think you could, um, but I just, I don't think you can be too angry about Messi winning it. You still, you look at his stats from last season. So I think he scored 51 goals in all competitions last season, which by his standards is considered like a subpar season. Um, which kind of says everything really. You know, when Salah got 44 in his first season for us and that was something completely unprecedented and then Messi in just a sort of average year is getting 51. Um, and I think you looked up his calendar year stats before and I think he's on 39 in the calendar year mm-hmm. this year. Um, and I was actually surprised. I kind of thought quite a lot of them would be penalties, but I think he's only scored four or five penalties this year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't think you can argue with that much. Yes, we beat them in the Champions League last season. He won La Liga and they didn't win their domestic cup. Um, and I think they're top on goal difference at the moment. Um, but but to, yeah. to, to me, that that proves how good he is, though, um, because they they Ernesto Valverde is a very unpopular Barcelona manager. But it seems like he's dragging him through a lot. Yeah, the they've got a yeah. lot of players that a lot of expensive players that aren't really really working. Coutinho's already left. Dembele's never quite worked out. Yeah. It's not going very well for Griezmann yet. It really is for the first time in his career. I think basically just Lionel Messi making them work. Even Suarez has tailed off an awful yeah. lot in terms of output. I think it, it, it's strange because quite often we talk about these awards, obviously it's kind of to do with individual contribution, but it, your team has to do well as well to mm. win it. You can't just be a great player for a team who's not winning stuff. But I think in this case, the fact that Barcelona are going through a kind of, by their standards, quite a kind of poor period um, with quite a lot of kind of problems in their team. The fact that Messi's sort of still keeping them yep. where they are um, has got to kind of, Strength in his case, I think. Uh, Luka Modric was the winner last year. Again, really shows about um, the importance of playing in a good team. He won the European Cup at Real Madrid. He got to the World Cup final with Croatia. That's a really big part of it. The fact that, well, first of all, he's not even on the 30-man shortlist this time, but Liverpool have got seven men on the 30-man shortlist. That's the highest of any team. Manchester City are next with five. To have seven is an absolutely massive proportion and really does show that... Because there are players on there like Ginny Wijnaldum who you would sort of think of as underrated in the grand scheme of things. But it's really nice that although Liverpool have got some unbelievable individual players and this is an individual award, it's not just the ones that are the most well-known or the most sort of um, watched around the world, the ones with the highest FIFA ratings or anything like that. It's the ones that have actually been put in the grafting to enable the maybe more talented ones or the more spectacular ones to do the work that are also getting this recognition now. Definitely. Uh, and the fact that it's in every single position, basically, across the mm. pitch. We've got a goalkeeper in there, a centre-back, a full-back, a central midfielder, and three forwards, which is, is pretty unreal. I can't recall a point in my lifetime where we've had more than one or two at most nominees for this award so to have seven like that 
Um, like you said, it, it's funny with the underrated thing because I think we, we'd all kind of generally say someone like Gini Wijnaldum is quite underrated outside of the Liverpool sphere, but I don't think we can use that anymore because no. he's literally just been nominated for the, the most prestigious individual award. He's not going to win it. He won't get him a top three, but it's still nice to see him up there uh, alongside the rest of them. And you would hope among the top three, uh, we've got at least one, probably Van Dijk, you'd imagine. Um, but I think you're going to make the case for Mane as well. I think he's he's definitely in contention for that. I would make the case for Mane if we if we didn't know for certain that, that Lionel Messi was going to win the yeah. Ballon d'Or pretty much um, Mane would be my pick for it because ahead I think of Van Dijk. ahead of Van Dyke to be honest because I think if you take it as the calendar year which is in theory what the award is supposed to be around but obviously people don't just forget things that happened before the first yeah. of January twenty nineteen um, but if you take it just as the calendar year for me Sadio Mane has been the best player on the planet and his game as improved so much in every facet. He was already a brilliant Liverpool player from when he started and he scores that brilliant goal um, at the Emirates in, yeah. in, in Klopp's first um, league match of his first full season in 2016. But since Salah arrived and he moved on to the left, he got even better because he was able to duck inside and use his dribbling and be able to kill shots into the far corner. But this season, well, in, more accurately this calendar year, he's taken on an extra level of responsibility, I think, in that front three where he's gone. He's seen what Mo Salah did in 2018 and gone, I can be more like that. Mm. I can put the ball in the net more. I can be the one that my teammates look to a little bit more because he was already good. He didn't have to go up a level for Liverpool to be a better team. He was already one of the best players in the Premier League, one of the best players in the world, probably without having this further step up. But I think this season, the, the variety of goals that he scored, he's got 29 in all comps, but the variety of them is what's, what's stunned me the most because he gets loads of match winners. He gets loads of openers as well. Like he gets a Crystal Palace the other day, even when he's not playing well and he's playing out of position as well for the first sort of 35, 40 minutes. But he also scores loads of headers. So everyone talks about that goal in the Allianz Arena, the first one, and it is brilliant. I mean, the pass from Van Dijk, because yeah. you're going to make the case for Van Dijk, is incredible. You know, the touch, the fact that he just dinks it over Neuer and makes him look a fool is brilliant. But for me, the, the header, the so fact forgotten that... forgotten goal, that it, it really yeah. is, because the it's... The pass is brilliant The pass well. is brilliant, but the movement and, and, and to connect with the diving header so well is great. He scores a diving header against Man City as well. It's a really underrated aspect the of his game, against I think. Villa as well. Yeah, winning against Villa again is yeah. a header. Um, he was brilliant in that turnaround, full stop. That really was Manny winning us well, those points there. summed him up that game, there. really, because I think he, up until about 80, he was having a really frustrating game. Mm. Nothing was coming off, and then... Yeah, weak-footed assist and then 95th minute winner. So He is. For, for, for my money, he's, he's Liverpool's sort of most important player right now to me, I think. Um, and the form the form that he's been in across the calendar year just just makes me think that he's, he's a level above everyone else in his position because they... So if, if I'm talking about, you know, Neymar, Ed Mazard, Sterling, they're comparable players. They play in the same position and they're all absolutely fantastic and score loads of goals. But none of them win the ball back as much as what Sadio Mane does. How, yeah. how often do you actually see him like in his own half at left-back, maybe covering for Robertson, who's pushed up the pitch? It was the Man City game when he was doing that mm. second half, basically playing right back at times. And he, and he and makes sliding tackles yeah. with the timing and the precision of an experienced defender. Yeah. And you're thinking, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, like that's, not, that's, not, that's not in theory what your position is, but because Klopp asks him to do that, and because yeah. he's learnt the techniques over time, he's become... In, in my opinion, the most well-rounded forward probably in the game. Messi, you know, scores more goals and is clearly more talented. He's the most talented player to ever play the game. But in terms of the way that, that Liverpool play, you couldn't ask for a better forward from Mane because he does every little job perfectly. He's completely two-footed as well. I think that's the other yep. thing that's kind of 
doesn't get said enough about him. The amount, if you put a compilation of his left-footed goals together, it's unbelievable. And you think for defenders, that's an absolute nightmare because you just can't you can't show him one side. He's going to hurt okay. you anyway. Again, a really underrated goal is the one that he just lashes into the roof of the net past Edison yeah. in and the 2018 well. City I think the same season. We were mm. playing terribly and he gets the opening goal just from 20 yards on his left foot. Right, you make your, uh, your Van Dijk case then. I've, I've, I've shouted for Mane, you make Van Dijk. Yeah, so I've already said I, I don't have a problem with Messi winning it, but I think if that weren't the case and you're picking a Liverpool player, I just think what Van Dijk has done this calendar year and kind of in the first half of last season as well, it's just been beyond anything I've ever seen from a defender. I think probably in the Premier League, I know there's been a lot of kind of teams of a decade coming out recently and I think both Carragher and Neville had him in there, even though he's only kind of been playing at this level for a really short period of time. But I think he's he's taken the kind of whole concept of defending up a different level um, to the point where you watch a lot of Liverpool games and Van Dijk doesn't actually do that much defending. And I think it's because he's he's reached a point now where he is so good and opposition teams are aware he's that good that they just don't even try going near yeah, him. They don't, they don't even try that, that kind of side of a pitch between him and Robertson. And I think... I can't remember seeing a defender having that kind of significant an impact. We've seen great defenders play for Liverpool. Carragher in his peak, Sammy Hippier at times, Matip's kind of been at that level, Agger at times in his peak before his injuries, but none of them even get close to Van Dijk. Um, and that's that's only talking in terms of defending. He's obviously so much more than that. You mentioned the, the Mane goal against Bayern mm. Munich and he picks out literally onto his toe from 70 yards. Um, and he does that pretty much every game, I think, at the moment. Um, the way he kind of impacts our attacks of those kind of cross-field diagonal balls is just unbelievable. Scored six goals, I think, last season. Um, obviously gets the one at Bayern Munich as well. Um, and just beyond his own individual contribution, his kind of capacity to make everyone feel comfortable and safe when we're under pressure. He's just always there in the right place at the right time. And I think we come to this award, I think probably... Part of the reason he's not won it is because of, not really due to his own fault, but I think the fact that Messi got that FIFA best men's player tends to kind of impact the Ballon d'Or as well. Um, some people saying if he'd won the Nations League with Holland, I'm not sure that's kind of a... That, that can't be, seem, that isn't right. It doesn't seem like case. a fair argument. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you look in terms of Liverpool's defensive record in the league last season, I think that might... It's harsh because I don't think you could put Liverpool's kind of conceding more goals this season down to Van Dyke dropping necessarily. Um, but we are on, I think I saw the other day, we're on our worst run without a clean sheet in 25 years or something, um, which seems mad because we're only conceding one goal a game at the moment. And we're actual, in terms of goals per game conceded, I think we're still on less than kind of one goal conceded per game in the league this season. So we're still defending at a really high mm. level and, and Van Dyke's obviously massive in that. But I think for a defender to win this award, you have to basically be flawless for an entire year, whether that's fair or not. I'm not sure, um, but I think the fact that our numbers haven't been quite as kind of immaculate um, so far this season probably just seems to have edged them out. The the highest compliment that I can pay to Van Dijk, um, and I, I'd love to see this happen, it never, it never will obviously, but I think there are probably five or six teams in the Premier League who would be better off if they were able to have Virgil van Dijk and play him up front. Yeah, like we, he's a centre back, but he's that good a footballer. We had a conversation in the office the other week. I was saying, I mean, I got some stick for it, but I was saying I wouldn't bet against him getting double figures if you played him up front in a system built around Absol- him. Absolutely, he would. Like, if you think about it, if you were if you were Brighton now or Burnley, or well, I mean, Burnley, they've got goal scorers in their team, but, but, but 
Yeah. Van Dijk would win as many headers as what they'd win. He's yeah. a cleaner striker of a football than Chris Wood or Ashley Barnes. He's quicker than them as well. If you think about his sheer athleticism and genuine technique on the ball, I think there are loads of teams in the top divisions around Europe that would look at him and go, yeah, all right, you are a six foot five centre-half, but yeah, if we played you up front, we'd probably have more goals and more points than what we've got right now. Yeah, it's funny. My one kind of slight gripe with Van Dijk is the fact that we haven't seen him score a 30-yard screamer yet. It's the one kind of thing he hasn't done. And he, he takes on these shots. You usually get one every few games. And if it's Lovren, the crowd hates it because it's Lovren. And mm-hmm. he, he, we've seen him blast those balls into the stands. Van Dyke does that uh, frequently. I think he did it, um, I don't know if it was against, I think he did one against Napoli when he just sort of strides forward and thinks he's going to have a go. And be wanting him to take free kicks as well for a while because he used to score them at Celtic and hasn't done it yet. Um but that's, yeah, if, if your only complaint of a centre-back is the fact that he's not scoring from 30 yards out, he's doing something right. So, Well, the best shot he's actually ever taken for Liverpool was the, the volley one. that he put yeah. into the sky <laughs> at Anfield that ends up with Divock Origi putting the ball in the net. So if he, if he has more shots like that that inadvertently lead to mad goals, then I'm absolutely fine with it as well. He doesn't have to yeah. bang them in from 40 yards. I think the other thing that I just fascinates me with Van Dijk is the fact that he can be so unbelievably quick whilst looking like he's barely jogging which I've never seen from a player of his size he's about six foot five and he's obviously a unit as well but there was the game against I think it was Wolves away last season or it might have been I, I was, I, no I was in the ground I was I was Wolves away. Kept so to run is yeah. probably the quickest football I've ever seen in terms of sprinting <laughs> yeah and Van Dyke, without even breaking sweat just completely just ended that race before it even began. Uh, he's done it against plenty of other players. I think it was, there was a breakaway um, at Chelsea last season when we drew one all with a storage equaliser. And I think it was Hazard and William were kind of both through. And him and Gomez, in fairness, both just sort of strolled back to see sort of two defenders mm. doing that. But yeah, it's his sheer athleticism. You must think usually kind of defenders of his size and kind of physical stature, I suppose, can be great readers of a game, massive threats in the air, but you think they're always vulnerable if you can get them one-on-one, whereas, yeah, there's just no chance of getting around him. Uh, the last defender to win the Ballon d'Or was Fabio Cannavaro in 2006. He was obviously the captain of Italy the year that they won the World Cup. It makes you think that if Van Dijk isn't good enough, apparently, to no win it is. now, <laughs> that no centre-back is ever going to win no. that award again, probably. Um, so it's no slight on him when the award Definitely is, given to Lionel Messi on Monday night. Uh, That's all that we've got time for anyway. Uh, Let us know in the comments who you would go for if it wasn't going to be Lionel Messi, if you were going to pick a Liverpool player. Maybe you're going to make the case for um, Gini Wijnaldum, maybe if you be for Trent Alexander-Arnold, maybe Bobby Firmino, Salah, any of them. The good thing is that Alison Becker should be nailed on to win the, I think think it's the Lev Yashin Award for the best goalkeeper. Um, So hopefully Liverpool will be coming home with something anyway. But for now, thanks for watching. As I say, me and Joel are from Liverpool.com. It's a really good website that we do Liverpool writing on so make sure to check it out if you don't already also subscribe to Blood Red and press the notification bell so you don't miss any future videos but for now thanks all the best and enjoy your day you've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red channel